beautiful people. You know what time it is. Ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Cause it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah. Hey y'all, how you doing today? Hey everybody. Welcome to Smut Club. I'm Hannah. I'm Chelsea. This is where we day drink and talk about the trashy romance novels we read, except being pregnant, only Hannah is day drinking. And I'm for clarification, for I am the one who is pregnant. <laughs> like, and because she's pregnant, she's drinking for two. <laughs> Just to make sure we clarify this. No, no, I'm not pregnant. I'm drinking for Chelsea in solidarity. Thank you. I'm I'm drinking Welch's sangria. And um, while we're not sponsored by Welch's, it'd be a lot cooler if we were. Yeah. We would also love to be sponsored by Boda Box. Um, except because I'm not drinking, <laughs> the box was really old, and Hannah poured like one sip, and the look on her face I was like, "We don't. We you, you can just throw it out. You don't need to drink that. I'm so sorry." But it's, I was like, "You're the only one who drinks it." <laughs> yes, it was no longer to quote my husband, "Rich, ripe, and smooth." Nope. No. Although when I was like cleaning out the sink, I there was like a drop that like got on my finger. And I licked my finger and I was like, son of a bitch, that's good. <laughs> and then I was like, do I have a problem? And I was like, no, oh, I, I just haven't had anything to drink in a minute. Months and months and months and months and months. Not that many months. Months and months and months and months and months. Yeah, girl, <laughs> I said it five times and I'm five months pregnant. So Fair enough. here Fair enough. we go. Pardon me. Um, all right. So today... We are reviewing Pen Pal by J.T. Geisinger. Um, I wish I had alcohol for this. <laughs> well. Like, I was texting Hannah about this when I was reading it and was like, I was like, Hannah, at the 35% mark, I was like, gonna recommend it. And then I was like, now I'm 60% in, and I don't know if I want to finish it. And now that it's finished, I can't decide if I loved it or I hated it. Mm. Um, I was also describing it to my husband around like the 35% mark. It was like, okay, it's like, this is what, this is the premise and this is what's happening. And like, there's ghosts and creepy things happening and we don't know. And she's like, um, uh, like she's not a trustworthy narrator and we like, there's ghosts and I'm things that's, I can't think of the other words. Paranormal. Yeah, that is. Creatures. Perfect. I'm not drunk. This is just me. Um, And my husband was like, oh, so it's like a sexy (laughs) Scooby-Doo. I was like, yeah. And then it it took some turns and I was like, is it sexy or is it weird? Okay. So instead (laughs) of just giving vague things, let's just. Please jump in. Let's hop in. Setting the scene. (laughs) Kayla. So we meet Kayla. Um, She is a children's book illustrator. We are meeting her the day of her husband Michael's funeral. Aww. Um, Yes, like like the book opens. She is at his graveside. Like someone gives her like a tissue. Like people are sobbing. And she's just kind of like shrouded in grief. Doesn't really fully know what's happening. Um, 
We learned that there was an accident on New Year's Eve, but we don't necessarily know what happened. We just know there was an accident on New Year's Eve. She's at her husband's funeral. Um, When she gets home, there's a letter, like a mailed letter to her from Washington State Penitentiary. Hmm. Um, And she's like, who brought the mail in? Like, oh, ooh. Yeah, and she's like, but... It's one of those things where she's like, honestly, it was probably me. She's like, I don't fucking remember. I Right. Like, my husband just died. This is not my priority. I probably brought, brought the mail in. Our house cleaner, Fiona, probably brought the mail in. And I just, like, forgot. Out of sight, out of mind. So she opens the mail and opens this letter. And it just, um, the, oh, the name on the outside of the envelope is Danton Alighieri. What a name. What a name. And I'm probably butchering that last name. There's a lot of fucking vowels in it. I'm like, eh, we're trying our best. I saw a TikTok yesterday where this guy went through words in the English English language that he feels like should be spelled differently because they're stupid. Was it the dude who has dyslexia? Yes. And it started with tongue? Yes. I stopped watching after tongue, but I saw that TikTok. Well, by the end, he said... I feel like the English language should be like Wheel of Fortune. You have to pay more for a vowel. This shit is stupid. It's pretty funny. And accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw something in the last week that was like, the word Q is just the letter Q followed by a bunch of vowels <laughs> that are unnecessary. Very much so. Very much so. So this letter is from Washington State Penitentiary. Um, The name, return address is Dante. (laughs) This is going to be fun. I'm having fun. All right, so I'll say, I used to think like when people would talk about pregnancy brain, Mm -hmm. that it wasn't. I was like, that's just people being dramatic. It's the realest thing. Like, (laughs) I... I will, like, even when I was outlining this book, I would look down at what I wrote, and I would, like, be getting words mixed up. And, like, Hmm. I'm like, no, like, I know the order, but I'm, like, I was just typing really fast, and, like, speaking is difficult, and I forget (laughs) words, and... We'll get through it. We will. So, Dante, not Danton, (laughs) sucks to be you if your name is Danton. God damn. Um, Danton Alighieri. You said it again. (laughs) (laughs) Just call him D or something. Jesus. My husband's in the corner just like nodding at Hannah. (laughs) We're not that far in and this is fucking brutal. (laughs) Dante. Damn it. Dante. Dante. Dante Alighieri. I got it right that time, right? You did. You did so good. Thank fuck. So... Dante Alighieri has is the name on the return address, um, and the letter just says, "I'll wait forever if I have to." Uh, and she's like, "The fuck!" Like, I mean, is it addressed to her specifically? Yeah. Okay, so this wasn't like dropped off at the wrong house or the wrong address or something. No, it is like addressed to her from the state penitentiary, and she's like, "What is?" I don't I don't know what's happening. So, you know, I think as a lot of us do, it felt like a really human moment. She was shrouded in grief, gets this creepy letter, and so she poured herself a really large wine. Good for her. Drank it, went to bed. Um, when she wakes up in the morning, 
there's a like huge leak in the kitchen and we find out um before Michael passed away they had bought this like 5000 square foot Victorian house that was like beautiful and wonderful and they were going to like fix up together but it was definitely a project house that mm. took a lot um so she's like getting buckets to fix the leak and then Fiona comes in Fiona is her housekeeper who we are meeting and like Fiona sees her and is like shocked and she's like oh like are you are you staying here like after like with like with everything that happened like losing my, like you're staying here and and Kayla's like I mean like yeah like for now like it's a lot of house but like right. it's mine I it's, guess it's mine I live here <laughs> like I don't, I probably don't need 5000 square feet to myself and I was I mean I was thinking about it when I was reading it because my husband, like, our house is, like, 2,200 square feet on a basement that is roughly an extra 1,000. Um, and a lot of, like, the basement is, like, storage and such. But I was like, God forbid something ever happened to my husband. Our house is way too fucking big for me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and that's, like, an, a whole extra house. Yeah. Like, I was like, I, I don't even know what I'd do with 5,000 square feet if my husband were alive, which he is. <laughs> Thankfully, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should get him a mic at some point because he sits there and definitely has great commentary to be added. Um, so Kayla's like, yeah, Fiona, I'm staying here. Like, maybe not forever, but this is where I'm at for now. Um, Kayla decides to write Dante back hmm. uh, and is like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, I'll wait forever. And she's like, for what? For for what? Color me intrigued. Like, what's this letter for? Like, what is this supposed to be? Um, then a week later, she gets a response and the letter just says, you. Well, okay. <laughs> That's not, I don't feel good about that. Neither did she. So she just put the letter <laughs> in her underwear drawer and moved on with her life. She's like, okay, that does not dignify a response. Yes. She's like, that's unsettling. I don't know what to do with this. So she's like, I'll just put these letters in my underwear drawer and pretend like I don't have them and move on. Then over the next week, like, we are getting haunted Victorian mansion vibes from this house. Like, the lights are flickering. Light bulbs are exploding. The doorbell keeps ringing. And every time it rings and, like, she, like, goes to open the door. No one is there. Mm. And so she calls a handyman. We meet Eddie. Eddie's a complete stoner. Like, everything is groovy. Mm. He's reeking of weed. He's our shaggy. Yes, he is the shaggy in this <laughs> sexy Scooby-Doo. Um, and she, like, Kaylee keeps getting headaches. And so while he's going around and, like, seeing what's up with the electricity and all that stuff— she lays down to, like, handle her migraine. Um, Eddie, like, walks in her bedroom not realizing, like, she'd been laying down. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, I used to have headaches all the time. And then I started seeing a therapist. And, like, I realized a lot of it was, like, things I needed to process that were weighing mm. me down. Um, and she's like, I don't know if I'm going to do that. But thank you. And he, he also tells her... That the roof is 
far too large of a project that he he's like, this is outside of my scope. Right. He's like, but the good news is your electricity is fine. Just like buy better light bulbs. <laughs> She's like, but the lights keep flickering and the bulbs keep exploding. He's like, yeah, it's probably because they're poor quality. Like I checked everything. It's fine. Go see a therapist. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> kind of his energy. Right. Um, and so she's like, well, thanks so much, I guess, for nothing. And then he leaves. Um, she, I'm not going to lie. What I'm about to say is becomes pertinent later in the book. And so I hadn't initially put it in my outline. Mm. But then later when it became permanent, not pertinent, when it became pertinent, not permanent. I knew what you meant. Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, I had a teacher when I was in like eighth grade and he, um, Mr. Miklos, and I still remember him talking about like, he's like, yeah, what's the point of correcting someone if you knew what they meant? You're just being an asshole. Right. So I don't think he said asshole because like it was to a like, group of like 13 year olds. <laughs> but I always like really appreciate, he's like, why are you putting someone on blast unnecessarily <clears throat> if you knew what they were trying to communicate? Right. But I'm willing to put myself on blast. <laughs> And if I keep calling people Daunton, here we, <laughs> here we are. So, yeah, when I realized it was pertinent, I was like, oh, I feel like it happened somewhere around here, but I don't quite remember. So gotcha. if someone decides to read this book and then is listening to the podcast, don't come at me for this <laughs> if it's in the wrong spot. Um, But Kayla wakes up with some bruises on her neck. And, like, one is in, like, Ooh. the, yeah. And, like, one is in, like, the shape of, like, a thumbprint. And she's, like, where did these bruises come from? And then she's, like, trying to look it up and online. And it's, like, bruises can, like, it can be a vitamin deficiency. It can be, like, like there's a lot of things that could cause bruise, like, that could cause you to bruise easily. In the shape of a hand around your neck. I didn't say the shape of the bruise is what what happens with a vitamin deficiency. <laughs> I'm just giving myself a clear picture. She's clearly discounting some evidence that she is not safe. There's a lot of justification mm-hmm. and a lot of like, I just must not be fully with it because my head is in a million places because I just lost my husband. Right. Um. What happens from there? I don't know. Oh, well, I forgot. When Eddie was like, yeah, all the lights are fine. Just go to therapy. When Eddie leaves, all of the lights start flickering. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck? Um, She goes downstairs. There's another letter from the penitentiary. And when she picks it up, all of the lights in the house go out. And she's like... What's happening? I love how giddy you are telling me about that. I I talk with my shoulders. (laughs) You do. (laughs) My sister is a hairstylist, and one time she was doing my hair, and this, like, pop of a song came on. I don't remember what song it was, but I just vividly remember my sister going, wow, your shoulders are really taking on a life of their own there. Mm. And I don't think that's just my dancing. I think... That's just my <laughs> state of being. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You and Pat Benatar. Sorry. <laughs> she has a lot of shoulder moves. There are a lot of shoulder moves. When you said Pat Benatar, I thought of, um, do you remember years ago, there was this like, it was probably 10 years ago at this point, there was this like YouTube clip called Moves Like Jagger. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was like do your best Jagger or something like that. And these dudes like had a bet going and mm-hmm. they could call do your best Jagger at any point and you had to stop what you're doing and do your best Mick Jagger impression. But like they kept like becoming like increasingly inappropriate places to do like at like a funeral. Right. One was like during sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I also thought of. Um so she gets this letter. Mind you, she put the other ones in her underwear drawer and was like, this is weird. I'm not really going to engage with this. And then the letter is like, you may think we've never met, but I know you in every way. Someone can know another. I know the shape of your soul. I can still taste your skin. There's like some poetry fucking thrown in there. And you're like, this is intimate. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, if a random felon were to send me a letter to tell me he remembers the taste of my skin, I would have a lot of questions about if we're in a sort of uh, Hannibal Lecter situation. Am I in the silence of the lambs? What is happening right now? Yeah. That that wouldn't feel like a romantic overture to me. Would you just put it in your underwear drawer and move on? I honestly don't know what I would do. I feel like I would shred it. I would like feel like I'd like take <laughs> like photographic evidence. Yeah. And then be like, this is very unsettling. <laughs> so like Kayla in her head starts like running down the list of like all of the potential reasons for Dante's letter. And she's like, is it a scam? Does he think I like have this house that I like have money? Because I don't have money. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she was like, but he's not asking me for money. What the hell? So She's like, I don't fucking know what to do with this. Um, So while she's trying to, like, figure this out, there's a knock on the door. There is someone there this time. It's the roofing company. And they were like, yeah, we had an opening a week early, so we thought we'd come out and take a look. Here we meet Aiden um, Leiright. Leiright? I don't... It has a lot of vowels. Everything in this book has a lot of vowels. (laughs) (coughs) Well, Aiden is one of our top three most common names for a... A male character in these books, so. That is also, yeah, we've, we've reviewed, have we reviewed a book with an Aiden before? I know I've definitely, I reread The Wall of Winnipeg and Me by Marianne Zapata like two weeks ago. And that's Aiden. Mm -hmm. We've made a lot of references to the name Aiden, but I don't know that we've actually had a book with the, with a male character named Aiden. Aiden Stone. Aiden Black. Black Stone. (laughs) Stone. That's master of bone and salt. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those. It's like, it's like you know there's more names, right? Um, so we meet Aiden, the roofer dude. He's pretty gruff. There's like this like, you're like, is this banter or do you guys not like you? Like, do you hate each other? Mm. Like, it's like very like quick-witted, but he's like, it's 10 grand. And she's like, I don't have 10 grand. And he's like. Okay, bargain with me. And she's like, two grand. And he's like, 9,999. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, if I don't have 10 grand, I don't have $1 less. But like, he can tell she's not in a good place. Things are not going great. And he's like, a, he's pretty gruff and pretty rude. And she kind of calls him out on it. And he leaves. Um, and, well, he leaves, not her house. Sorry, I'm. (laughs) Give me a second to remember what happened. Um, 
No, he he leaves her, like, she calls him out for being gruff. He's like, okay, well, like, let me go, like, look at everything and, like, figure it out. He's like, but it's it's a big project. It's probably going to be 10 grand. It's, like, kind of what's happening here. She definitely has this moment of grief. She, while he's going and, like, assessing the situation, that's what happened. I got ahead of myself. I don't think he gave her the quote yet. He showed up, was, like, kind of a gruff asshole. Mm. And then, like, she's, like, doesn't say my husband just died, but, like, it's, like, kind of about to burst into tears. And he's, like, oh, okay, I'm going to go see how bad the damage is. Nice to yeah. meet you. So she sends a letter back to Dante that's essentially, like, I don't know you. I have no money. Please don't contact me again. I'm going to get, the like, a detective friend of mine involved if this continues. <laughs> um. And then puts the letter in the mail. When she comes back in, that's when Aiden gives her the quote for like gotcha, 10 gotcha. grand. And she's like, yeah, I don't have that. But like he can tell like she's not doing well. She's not on a great spot. So he's like, all right, I know a guy who can do it for five grand. And she's like, is he licensed and insured? And he's like, it's me. I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be here tomorrow to do it, whatever. And he leaves. He shows up the next morning. There's definitely more, like, sarcastic back and forth between them. Um, Like, he's still pretty gruff. She's like, should I write the check to Godzilla? And he's like, should I bill it to the dragon lady with sad eyes? Like, Jeez, dude. Right? And I was like, like, dragon lady was far enough. We did not have to comment on her emotional state. Damn, dude. Like, yeah, that's where I'm like, is this banter? Because this doesn't. It feels hurtful. This is hurtful banter, (laughs) which I guess is just sarcasm. Right. With like, sarcasm always has that kernel of truth that depending on, Mm. on how it's presented, you're like, oh. Yeah. This This doesn't doesn't feel feel like good natured banter, Mm -mm. I guess is what I'm saying. That is very fair. And so when he's like, should I bill it to the dragon lady with sad eyes? She's like, you should leave. (laughs) She's like, I don't think this is, like, a, a going to be a good thing. Right. Just she's, let my house fall down at this point. Just get away from me. Yes. And so she's like, or what? Well, he's like, all right, I'll leave. But, like, call me if you change your mind. Your roof clearly has a leak that needs to be fixed. Um, so she goes, she decides she's going to go visit a local grief group hmm. and try and join a support group. After the passing of her husband, she meets a woman named Madison who's, like, not really, like, no one else in the meeting is really, like, talking to Madison or engaging with her. Um, But we also learn, like, Madison's at the group because her, like, daughter was, like, her four-year-old was abducted and never found. Oh, God. Yeah, like, and then um, Kayla's like, so is this group helpful for you? And Madison's like, what do you think? And so Kayla's like... I think I'm going to leave. Right. Like, this was a mistake. Yes. So she goes, she leaves the grief group, does not stay for it, goes to the bar across the street. Guess who's there? Is it Aiden? It's Aiden, the roofer. Oh, my stars. We're all so surprised. That was sarcasm. See? (laughs) See? There was a kernel. You nailed it. I did. Yeah. (laughs) Nailed it. Um, He comes over to her at the bar. They start talking. He asks where her husband is because she's still wearing her wedding ring. Ah. And she just gives a vague, like, 
he left me. Like, doesn't, like, go into all the details, doesn't tell him anything. Um, He can tell she's about to cry, so he, like, leads her away from the bar back to the booth that he'd been sitting in. Mm-hmm. And then definitely starts hitting on her very aggressively. Like, like tells her, like, he finds her attractive, wants to take her home and make her come. Which I'm like, bold move, my guy. <laughs> right. Bold move. Interesting choice. The dragon lady with the sad eyes. However, I bet I could turn that frown upside down. <laughs> like, what? Sorry. I just really liked that we went frown upside down after, like, her husband died. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's so ludicrous. But I guess he doesn't know that her husband is dead. Yeah, that is very true. Um, He, like, gives her a little kiss that feels electric or some shit like that. (laughs) They always Um, do. The electric jolt when our skin touched. (laughs) Right? My notes literally say, gives her a little kiss that feels electric. Actually, I meant to say little kiss. I accidentally wrote tittle kiss. (laughs) And I'm just realizing now. (laughs) But the sentiment holds. And then my notes say, she is like, wow, that is bold. And he he is like, but also accurate. (laughs) Like, it's kind of the general. She's like, oh, you're really coming on strong. And he's like, all right, well, like, let me know if you change your mind. If you do, I actually live above this bar. Of course he does. Of course he does. She decides to leave, says goodbye. And that they do know, like, she says goodbye. He says goodnight. Like, she's like, goodbye. And he's like, goodnight. Like, oh, okay. Like, it's not as permanent as goodbye. Okay. Feels like semantics, but all right. Isn't that what a lot of these books are? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, she gets home, finds a letter in the mailbox. At least they're not like Fucking showing up in Dante. her house. Again. Yes, Dante from the state penitentiary um, is like, I can't answer your questions, but I'll always tell you the truth. Like, here's this like poetic stanza. Like, what do you think? Like, these letters, you're like, what is. Ha- what? This makes no sense. So this is around the part where my husband called it sexy Scooby-Doo. She goes to bed and then wakes up hearing the floorboards creaking, like on the, on the stairs. Don't like that. No, not at all. And so like she goes into her bathroom, gets the flashlight that they kept under the sink or something. Okay. So I'm like, is that where most people keep their flashlights? I don't know. What, do you have a flashlight? Yeah. Where do you keep it? We have one in our linen closet and one in our bedroom on the dresser. On the dresser? We had a power outage not that long ago, and we just never put it away. <laughs> that answer, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, one, if you and your husband are doing some freaky shit with the flashlight. <laughs> I mean... Nope, I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone is what I'm going to do. But, okay, it is, I'm like, it does feel like if you have, like, your linen closet in your bathroom or something like right. that. I don't know. When, like, when I was reading it, it's, it's a weird detail to get caught up on, but I was like, why is the flashlight in the bathroom? Where's your flashlight? If you say your bedroom. <laughs> I will not say my bedroom. Um, I know my husband has one or two in the basement. Sure. We have, like, a 
cleaning supply closet by our front door. And that has like a basket filled with like all of like the small ones that like Mm. we've somehow collected over time. There was a year where my husband was gifted two flashlights for Christmas. Nice. Um, One was like just like a stocking stuffer from my parents. And this was like our first year of marriage. Um, And my aunt always spends Christmas with us. So my husband gets like one flashlight in his stocking and he's like, dope, cool, whatever. It's a flashlight. And then my aunt actually like gifted him a flashlight that like he like had to (laughs) unwrap. And then it's like the first Christmas and he's trying to be chill and like figure out like my family dynamics at the holidays. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I wouldn't have gotten you a flashlight if I knew you were already going to get one. (laughs) And he's like, no, no, no. It's so, he's like, you know, working in like event production, like you never know when you're going to, like he like sold it very well. (laughs) And like when we like got home, he's like, do you, do you think I made it okay? <laughs> like, it was like the purest thing. I was like, yeah. And you really can't have too many little flashlights on hand. It's true. I think our problem is that like we don't need them very often and then I never change the batteries. So having mm-hmm. a lot of flashlights is really not that helpful. Right. It's none of them work. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could go on a whole thing about where you keep your batteries, but I want to hear more about sexy Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Why does where do you keep your batteries feel like a far more intimate question? I know. I realized it as I said it. I was like, ooh, I didn't like that. For the record, we keep those in the cleaning (laughs) supply closet as well. Noted, I guess. We were gifted, I think, the following Christmas, like one of those like industrial battery keepers where you can like put like all different sizes and like you can even like test the voltage. Is that the word I'm going for? yeah, I think I think my mom just like went in to Costco and was like, I'm gonna fuck shit up today. <laughs> and then we all got it. That there you is go. how Christmas worked. Um, but yeah, so anyway, she goes into the bathroom, gets the flashlight, gets dressed, and like feels like she's being watched. And she's like, This is like creepy, this is unsettling. I'm in this five thousand square foot house alone, not here for this shit. She grabs her keys, takes off. Um, and then where do you think she ended up, Hannah? Did she go to Aiden's? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Mm. Yeah. I, I wish there was a bigger plot twist here, but it's exactly <laughs> what we expected. So she goes to Aiden's. It's raining outside because they live outside Seattle. Like, of course so it is. Um, she tells him the whole story of, I mean, not the not the dead husband part of the story, but mm. like the creepy, my floorboards were creaking. I felt like I was there and someone was watching me. He's very calm, very supportive. Um, gives her some dry clothes to wear. She gets bold and decides to like drop the towel he gave her to dry off and they start going at it. Of course they yeah. do. And what is this? Like a week after her husband's funeral? Let's give her some credit. Let's go two weeks. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's bad or wrong. I'm just saying like this feels like a. I'm not, I'm also not saying it's bad or wrong. What I am saying is I have a very hard time conceptualizing being in a place where I could be intimate with someone else two weeks after my husband passed away. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I can't identify with that, but also I'm not here to judge how people process their grief. That's the therapist in you. I know it is. I, I, yep. Mm -hmm. 
And by not judging how people process their grief, you mean in session, you keep your shit together. Then afterwards, you call me and you're like, (laughs) listen to this shit. I just had the weirdest fucking session of my life. (laughs) Mm. Um, Yeah, so they start going at it. He very much, like, very dominant in the bedroom, takes control very, like, like, I, I think the thing... That that killed the sexy Scooby-Doo for me in this book is that there wasn't a single sexual encounter that I conceptualized as arousing. Got it. Okay. Um, because I, I wrote down the quote. Oh, no. He stops licking to suckle my clit like he's drawing milk from a nipple. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hated everything about that. I hated everything about that. I have so many least favorite parts of that (laughs) sentence. (laughs) Also, I'm like, you just, you just compared your, your clit to a nipple. Jesus. He stops licking. Stop. Don't (laughs) say it again. (laughs) I think I'm just still processing. (laughs) Like I'm the one who read the book and wrote the quote and I'm like, Really? Oh my god! Um, <clears throat> they bone. Also, there's like no concern about a condom. Like, there's no like conversation about. I'm like, what is that? Also, usually will throw me out of a scene. Like, if there's no discussion about like any kind of birth control or like, are you clean? It's like two lines. Like, can we not just say those two lines so then I can like we can just all be on board with whatever's happening? Yes, one thou- I'm like. And I was like, not each time, unless like each time you're like, I hear the crinkle of the condom wrapper. I was like, okay, I can work with that. Right. But this like, I was like, wait, what? This first, I'm like, that's the part that like always suspends belief for me. Yeah. But also if it doesn't suspend belief for you, no judgment. I do have some questions. All right. True story. I once had a counseling client. Oh God. Who was, um having sex with a new sexual partner mm-hmm. and <laughs> still makes me laugh to this day. I'm terrified um, right now. Well, he was like, do we need a condom? And she was like, yeah, yeah, we do. Like, oh God. and then like in the, the height of passion, he like whispers in her ear, you make me want to get tested. <laughs> Oh, oh no. And I was like, is that what did it for you? And she was like, I don't think I'm going to see him again. I was like, that feels like a fair assessment. I was like, there's nothing sexy about that. I'm like, you, I was like, this is your first time sleeping with her. And you're like, that fixated on raw dogging it? So now, <clears throat> there, like a few months ago or last year at some point, there was that trend on on TikTok where everybody was using the sound that was like, hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. Yes. That's all I can think right now. <laughs> hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. You, you make, make me, me want to get, get tested. tested. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, on, I, I don't Ooh. know if I could keep a straight face. No, I wouldn't. No. Okay, no. so back into this scene with the milk nipple clit. <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. No, I, I heard it. Um, oh. They bone. He, like, tells her he, she's staying the night. 
like, oh, well, he's still lodged inside her. (laughs) (laughs) When better to make demands, really? I don't know if there is a better time. Just saying. Probably. Like, we said that a little sarcastically, but then I'm also like. But also, there's there's our kernel of truth. There's our kernel of truth. (laughs) Compliance. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Uh, (laughs) So much about this. Um, They talk. There's a little bit of banter. They have round two. This also, like, part of their, like, sexual scene, if you will, is he's like, oh, like, you're my little bunny. And she's like, Mm. you gotta catch me. And she, like, runs around his apartment and he, like, catches her and, like, she calls him her lion. And he calls her his little bunny or his little rabbit. I hate that. There's some light spanking. Yeah, I'm like. I hate it deeply. Yeah. Um, so they shower together after all of this. They kind of have a heart-to-heart. He tells her um, he'd never hurt her. He does vaguely allude to, like, he hurt his father. Mm-hmm. We don't know the full details of that, but, like, it, like, to, like, protect his mother, he hurt his father or something of that capacity. And she's like, I'd never judge you for keeping someone safe. Like, what is happening? Um, also, I would like to know, only now, after they've already had a few rounds of sex, do they talk about being clean and STDs and chances of pregnancy? And then he makes her breakfast. It's a little late for that. Y- yeah. I'm like, day late and a dollar short. Oh. And I hope you got the dollar because you're going to need plan B because you didn't have that conversation. <laughs> right? Lord, help us. Um, so they go back to Kayla's house. He insists on, like, going through and checking it and making sure everything is fine, everything is safe, blah, blah, blah. Um, He tells her he has a friend who installs security systems, um, and he's going to call his friend to come out, help her out, give her a good, give her, not give her a good deal, because she offers to pay, and he tells her, like, it's emasculating, and she's like, well, can I pay you, like, like, can can I pay your friend for the security system? Can I pay you for the roof? And he's like, no, like, I'm a man. Okay. And then tells her if she brings up paying again, she'll get spanked. So does she bring up paying again? Huh. Well, I don't want to ruin the book, Hannah. <laughs> there's a lot of spanking. Spoilers. Yeah, there's a lot of spanking in this book. Um, we then meet Jake. Jake is Aiden's best friend since, like, high school. He is installing the security system. She's like, I don't really want anything fancy. Ask Jake about what it cost. And then he goes... Aiden said, you know what'll happen if you mention money. I was like, does Jake know what'll happen? Because if right, <laughs> like, uh, sir. Yes. Now it is like Jake is very protective of Aiden. He's like, Aiden's had a really rough life. He deserves all of the best in the world. I like, don't fuck him over. I want to make sure. Like, he like sees her wedding ring and is like, mm. he's my best friend. Like, I'm very protective of him. Um, they they decide on the security system. He starts working on it. And then as they're like shaking hands and figuring out what their deal is moving forward, she like looks out past her, him into the window, into her yard. Mm -hmm. And there's someone like watching her from her yard. Ooh. Yes. And so someone is watching her and then like, she like turns back to Jake and then turns back to the window and the person's gone. Sexy (laughs) Scooby-Doo. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) 
So while Jake is installing the security system, Kayla goes to investigate her yard. She goes over to where, um, like, the tree where the dude had been standing. And it's rainy because it's Seattle. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really muddy, but there's, like, no footprints in the mud at all. She's like, what? Like, there's no tracks that anyone was here. Um, She does look down and sees a 1937 Type D Buffalo nickel. Okay. In the mud. And she picks it up and she knows exactly what it is and knows all of those specific details because her husband always carried it in his pocket. It was like his good luck charm. Like, it's like a nickel that has some rarity things. So it's like worth like $2,500 or like something like that. So like she knows the specifics of it. We learn a little bit more about her husband at some point. Like, he worked at the university as a professor. He's, like, a fucking, like, math genius or something. Like, genius IQ, very academic, highbrow level. Mm. Um, so then she's, like, freaking out because she's, like, where did this nickel come from? That it is, like, in the mud where this dude had been watching me. Um, she asked Jake. She's, like, can I get, like, motion sensor notifications through the app? And he's like, yeah, but then it's, like, a lot of logistics of, like, but it'll, like, you'll also get the squirrels that run past. And she's like, eh, maybe we'll, like, I'll turn that feature on in the future. Um, And then Jake's like, all right, well, like, hope I see you around because Aiden frequently feels like the third wheel with me and my wife. And (laughs) great to meet you. Um. Aiden gets to her place later that night. Says He's like, so sorry my meeting went long. I'm going to go put, like, a tarp on the roof. And she's like, but it's dark. And he's like, okay, so? And she's like, well, what if you fall? Like, it's dark uh, out. Right, right, right. And he's like, well, one, I don't fall. Two, what happens if I do? Like, why, why does that matter? Like, kind of just being, like, getting her to admit that, like, she cares. So she, which I'm like, her husband just died, man. This all feels real soon. Um, Yeah. He puts the tarp up. She writes another letter to Dante, like, responding while he's putting the tarp up. It's very rambling. Like, it's just a lot of, like, I don't really know what's up, what's down. I'm, like, not doing well. Everything feels chaotic. and Like, just kind of that kind of energy. Um, But then she's like, do I send it? Do I not? She's like, I'm just going to put it in my desk drawer. Like, not going to send this letter. Mm-hmm. Um, then Aiden, it like, it felt like Aiden like puts the tarp up and like leaves without saying goodbye. And she's like, what? Like that? Why did you leave without saying goodbye? Like, yeah, that's weird. Right. All of it's kind of weird. Um, which like, she's not thrilled about it. She's sitting there with a Buffalo nickel trying to figure out her life, trying to figure out how her dead husband's Buffalo nickel ended up in the yard where the dude had been watching her. Then she hears the floorboards creak in her bedroom above her head. Mm. Like someone is walking above her. I don't, I don't like that. No, neither did Scooby-Doo. Or Kayla. Or, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So, <laughs> um, she, like, checks, makes sure that her new alarm system is indeed armed. Um, like, hears it again, goes to check. Nothing is out of place. Um, and so she's like, so weird. And when she goes downstairs and like turns on her kitchen lights, all of the cabinet doors are open. Like <sighs> all of the doors are open. All of the cabinet doors are open. And she's like, feels like she's being watched. Suddenly like a jar of honey flies off the shelf, shatters on the ground. So this isn't relevant to this whole parent. Well, it is. But so my husband 
back in the day, he was a manager for a department that had 24-hour shifts. So every now and then he would have to go in on third and cover, Mm -hmm. right? And there's one building where he worked where nobody really, like no patients were there. It was a healthcare facility. No patients lived there or stayed there or anything. Um, But sometimes staff would use it um, if they had like a second to first shift or something like that. So they would use it for breaks or they would use it to sleep instead of driving all the way home. So when he knew, whenever he worked third and he knew that someone was staying there, would he, he fuck with them? He would fuck with them 100% because the rumor was that that building was haunted anyway. So he would like open all the kitchen cabinets. He would put all of the chairs on top of the kitchen table um, as like a little cabin situation. So he put all the, the chairs on the kitchen table. He once spelled help with wooden coffee stirrers. <laughs> Did people ever catch on that it was him? No. Incredible. Just the legend that that building was haunted gained more steam. I would lose my shit. <laughs> like, if I were, like, the one sleeping there, and those things happened. Yeah. Hey there, smut puppies. We'll get you right back to the show in just a moment. But first, do you like us? Maybe even love us? Because we sure love you. And if you do love us, don't tease us. Tell us in those ratings and reviews wherever you're listening right now. Maybe even send us over to a special sexy someone that would enjoy getting smutty with us. Because you know the first rule of Smut Club is to talk about Smut Club. All right. I won't keep you any longer. Let's get back to the show. Like, in my heart, I want to believe that I'd be like, there's a rational explanation. Someone is just, like, pulling pranks. Right. I don't, but I don't, I don't know if that would be the case. It would freak me out. Much like it freaks Kayla out. So she understandably ran into her office, like, locks the door, wedges herself between, like, the couch and the wall, and just, like, sits there and, like, trembles until sunrise. Um, but in the morning, she wakes up, like, starts kind of rationalizing things and, like, doesn't really trust her memory. And she's like, maybe I opened all of the drawers. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm not, I haven't been in a good place. Um, She starts cleaning up the kitchen and sits down to work on um, one of her illustrative projects to meet her deadline. Um, But instead of, like, working on the illustrative project, she starts sketching the dude that had been in her yard. And she's like, he looks, like, vaguely familiar, but I can't. Like, like, I can't figure it out. I can't place it. Um, she does look at, on her desk, a wedding photo of her and Michael. And she notices on her arm, there's a thumbprint-shaped bruise. In the picture? In the picture. Ooh. Like, from her wedding photo. And she's like, I feel like I'm missing something here. Like, I'm missing a piece mm-hmm. of all of this. Um, Aiden calls. He tells her to come over. She's like, okay, I'll be there in 10. I'm like, what? we really, whatever. <laughs> so they bang, I imagine. Yeah, I'm just like not a huge fan of them. <laughs> but like they are the book. But they, like, obviously there's a lot of other stuff to the book, but I'm right. like, it's been like two weeks, man. I don't know. 
He answers the door. Like, she jumps on, and, like, they, like, jump on each other immediately. She asks why he left without saying goodbye. He, like, doesn't, like, really give her an answer. Um, They decide on a safe word. Cheesy. No. (laughs) Cheesy is their safe word. Terrible. I couldn't keep a straight face saying that. No. No. Bubbles. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, He, like, tells her she's his, that she'll orgasm when he tells her she can come, Um, says he wants all of her, like, physical, emotional, spirit. Like, just this very, I'm like. Very possessive. I'm like, okay. You offered her a deal on her roof. You guys met at a bar. She freaked out. Y'all fucked once. You came back to her house. You're telling her she's yours. Like. Right. I just can't get into it. Mm. Um, but he's like, I want all of you. And she's like, okay. And he's like, you're not ready yet. Like, he does have the wherewithal to recognize, like, I want these things with you. Something's going on. Right. It doesn't really seem like you're there. But that doesn't prevent them from having great sex. He cleans her after the sex. How do you feel about those scenes when like, they, like, go get, like, a, a wet washcloth? Um, I feel like there are some times where I'm like, Yeah, oh, it depends. Yeah. It depends. Sometimes it's like, that's really sweet and thoughtful. And mm-hmm. other times it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like it. No, that's very fair. He falls asleep after this. She's laying awake, wondering if she was a good wife, like, having kind of this, oh like, God. existential crisis. Um, we then learn while she's sitting there pondering all of this that her husband fell off their boat and drowned. Oh. Yes, and she was with him and, like, heard laughter all around her, but she's like, who could I tell that to? I'd sound fucking crazy. And then, It's very double jeopardy. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Ashley Judd movie? Wasn't it Ashley? Deep cut. It was Ashley. Yeah. Thank you. Was it? (laughs) It was a Judd sister. It wasn't Winona. Was it Winona? It was not Winona. It was Ashley. (laughs) It was Ashley. Sorry. And and then like the boat had like drifted off in the dark Mm -hmm. kind of energy. Um, In the morning, there's more sex. It's also now escalated where like she's calling him like sir or master in the bedroom. Uh... So here's the thing, right? Like, I, I'm not, I, I don't kink shame. No. You do your thing. And at the same time, usually when an honorific like that is used, there's a big discussion beforehand about that happening. Yeah. Like, the context for it and what it means and what it entails, they clearly skipped several steps. I feel like that's the theme of their relationship, <laughs> right? Uh, like, he, like, tells her to, like, ask permission to speak. And, like, she needs permission to speak, like, in sexual scenes. Like, not like outside, oh, okay, like, okay. needs permission to come. She sits on his face, which is apparently a first for her. Because he's like, sit on my face. And she's like, permission to speak? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And she's like, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's gravity, baby girl. Like, I don't. <laughs> Day 69, <laughs> orgasms all around. Okay. I thought we could just wrap that scene up real fast. Thank you. <clears throat> they discuss their relationship. Um, Again, a little too late. The, uh, yeah, it's like all of their conversations are in like the post-coital afterglow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. We needed a pre-coital. <laughs> <laughs> 
post right pre um but he's also like like in this conversation he's like i'm really into you but like i don't want to get hurt and like should i call it now because i know you have some shit you need to like work through um they talk about it over breakfast he tells her he's building a house um on the island so like He's living above the bar while he's working on building this house because he's doing a lot of it single-handedly. Um, they once again talk about, like, the parameters of their relationship because she's like, can I see the house? Or am I allowed to see the house? Like, what, what are we? Where, Where are we? Where are we? How? Yeah. Um, she gets in her car and drives home, but when she gets in her car, on the dashboard of her car is the 1937 D-type Buffalo Nickel. Nope. No, Hannah, that's what happened. You can't just say, nope, that is the book. No, I don't <laughs> like that. That's creepy. Yes. I mean, I usually like creepy things, but that's different level of creepy. Well, so like she freaks out because she vividly remembers putting the quarter in her drawer. Also worth noting, because I think I forgot to say this earlier, that like um, she'd specifically asked Fiona like not to clean Michael's office. She's like, I'm not mm-hmm. ready to go in there. I'm not ready to to touch anything, and she's like, that's where the nickel would have been. So, like, right. how did it get out? The uh, nickel is following her. The nickel is following her. Not someone's placing the nickel. No. The nickel is following her. The nickel her. itself yeah. is sentient and following her. Yes. So she gets home. She, like, looks out the window into her backyard, and there's, like, a little boy playing in her backyard. Don't like that either. And she's like... What? Like, where is this child's mom? <laughs> like, so she goes outside, and then, like, the boy is gone. She, like, can't find the little boy who was just playing in her backyard. Is this having, like, a, a stress-induced psychotic episode right now? Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not going to ruin the book for you. Uh. Um, but she's like, I'll check the security tape. And so when she goes to check the security tape, it's all fuzzy. Like, it's all, like, there's no footage. Like, it's all pixelated or, like, static or something? Yeah. Mm. Um, in the morning, the alarm goes off, like, waking her up, and Fiona is there to clean, and Fiona turns off, like, the house alarm, and Kayla's like, how did you get the code? Like, how did you know the code? Fiona's like, how do you, th- how do you think I got the code? Kayla's like... I guess I gave it to you. I just don't remember. And Fiona's like, yeah. You did. Sure. Like, kind of, I don't know, just like this weird interaction. I, I fuck with Fiona. We'll, <laughs> we'll learn more about Fiona. Um, like, Fiona can tell that Kayla's out of sorts. And she's like, maybe there's a ghost in the house. Right. She's like, do you believe in ghosts? And Kayla's like, I don't, I don't think I believe in ghosts. And Fiona's like, well, they believe in you. <laughs> like... Yeah, and so Fiona's like, maybe we should have a seance. Like, get rid of the ghosts in the house. Like, have these things been happening? Have you, like, noticed, like, lights flickering and things moving? And, like, mm-hmm. are you having lapses in your memory? And she's like, yeah. And to Fiona, all of the above. Yes, and Fiona's like, well, my sister is a medium. And like, well, of course she is. Yes. Uh, and Fiona's like... Yeah, I'll call my sister. We'll see what happens. If you're if you're engaging with the ghost, it's important to not tell the ghost they're dead. They don't always like that. <laughs> I just love Fiona. You're like, it's a very sixth sense thing to say. Yes, yes, it is. Like they're talking about like how temperamental ghosts are. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Um, that it's humans' jobs to, like, help them find closure. Um, but, yeah, like, Kayla tells Fiona about, like, the headaches and the memory loss and, like, also about, like, the little boy in the yard and all, like, the oddities that have been happening. Um, and then she, because she's, like, I don't know. Here's the thing. I, you never know what the fuck Kayla's going to do. Kayla is in, like, you know what I should do? I should mail my rambling letter to Dante, my prison pen pal. Okay. Not Dante. Dante. I got better. See? Um, and then she, like, goes to mail the letter to Dante, and then suddenly it dawns on her that, like, she's like, maybe the ghost is Michael. What? And you're like, oh, maybe. Who can say? <laughs> so it's now, oh. <laughs> Brilliant deductive reasoning there, <laughs> Kayla. Listen, Kayla's making it at this point. <laughs> um, is she? <laughs> But Kayla's barely making it at this point. <laughs> she It's a week later. She gets a letter from Dante. Um, and, oh, because I think in her rambling letter, she, like, said something like, what are you in jail for? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know. And he's like, I'm, I'm in jail for loving someone too much. And doing. Nope. And doing what love required of me. That is a more emphatic no than the sentient nickel. For me. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Doing what love required of me. I, nope. Uh-uh. Um, Aiden calls and he's like, why haven't you called me? And she's like, uh, was I, like, what was I supposed to? And he's like, well, I was giving you space to sort yourself out, but then I hadn't heard from you. And like, then they're just kind of, she's like, well, you could have called me, bro. And so he's like, all right, well, come over now. Like, get get here, because I miss my sweet bunny. I just fucking I hate, hate it. it. I really I hate, hate it. it. Um, then my notes say, I don't know, man. Long, oddly aggressive sex scene where she calls him master. He chases his bunny and kicks in the bedroom door. Ends with anal. <laughs> No, like, he's, like, chasing her. She locks his bedroom door in this, like, game they're playing. He kicks in his own bedroom door. He's committed to the game. I'm like, I know, like, sexual scene. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, it's, the, I'm like, that's just a lot, man. <laughs> you like, you fucking kicked in your own bedroom door. She starts crying after sex just from, like, the emotional overload. He asks what she needs. Um, they talk a little bit about him, like, walking away mid-conversation, like, not necessarily answering her questions. Like, because I think that's the, that's the other part that's, like, really frustrating me reading this is that, like, he's very elusive. Mm. And so it's very much like, you're my little bunny. I want all of you. But, like. You don't get all of me. Yeah, but, like, we don't fucking know any. Like, they're not, ha- from what we're reading, like, there's not real conversations happening. I'm like. They're just banging. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, which is fair. That's which, fine. But like, which is fine. But like, oddly aggressively intimate for people that you're like, have mm-hmm. we built that intimacy? No. No, we fucking haven't. <laughs> Chelsea said, let me answer that question for you. The answer is no. It wasn't rhetorical. Here's your answer. <laughs> he draws her a bath, gets her his gets her a wine. Is like bringing in cheese for her to nibble on. Well, now I'm on board with Aiden. (laughs) You're like... He passes. 
that's the shift. Do, do I have to call him master? Maybe. Will he hand feed me cheese in the bathtub? <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> uh, she like is debating telling him about Michael and is like, I should give him more detail. He does admit we do officially learn he killed his father. Nice. To protect his mother because his dad was an abusive piece of shit. Um, he assumes like Michael is hurting her from kind of like the vague things that she's uh, saying and is like, I'll kill him for you. Well, that escalated. Right. He's like, I'm falling for you. I'll kill him for you. After the bathtub, he goes down on her. I I really hate the term <laughs> clit nippling. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, right, <laughs> and I feel like that's the a more grimace book. on your face. The grimace, oh my god! Okay, nibble is a word I do not fuck with in sex scenes and books. Nibble and slippery should be banned. I can deal with slippery. I cannot deal with slippery. Slippery nibbles, <laughs> worst. <laughs> I hated everything about that. Um, so the next morning, he takes her to see his property. It's beautiful. Like, the frame is up. There's no drywall or anything yet. Um, he asks if she wants kids in the future. They're just, right, like, it all feels disjointed. Yeah. Um, she tells him that she had a miscarriage when she was pretty far along. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, like, the memory's blocked. Like, she can't remember all of it. And... She is, like, kind of freaked out by that. Knows she lost her child at some point. Um, They kiss. It heats up. The weird bunny sex thing continues. Literally, here are the quotes I have from this scene. And I hate everything about this, and I apologize in advance. Mm. Such a hungry lion. I hope you can run on an empty stomach. She takes off into the woods. He catches her. Real quote. My naughty little rabbit needs to get fucked in the woods, doesn't she? I'm going to fuck you so hard, bunny. You're going to take your master's cock on your hands and knees, totally naked in the middle of the woods. (laughs) I hate you a little bit. I just looked over at my husband, and he's just slowly nodding in the corner. Like, he's like, what the fuck? fuck are you reading (laughs) oh my god oh also that's not the end of the scene jesus christ can it be (laughs) (laughs) oh i'll wrap it up real quick (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) apparently she didn't they've had no conversations about rapping um so like she gets away again in the woods he catches her he holds her against a tree while he spanks her ass and continues once again, I think in a very non-sexy way. More quotes. My little cum slut, time to take your master's cum. There's one thumb in her ass, one thumb in her mouth. Well, he fucks her in the woods. <laughs> Is it a, I know it's not a question. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Chelsea's hand gestures right now because they're so exaggerated. They're just, oh my God. The scene was exaggerated <laughs> enough. I didn't need that. I mean, I also feel like Vance and I have been unintentionally mirroring each other, just putting our heads in our hands <laughs> and shaking our heads because we need it to stop. 
Literally, oh after God. that scene ends, my, my outline, like, my notes just say, there is nothing arousing around the part that I was like, I changed my mind. I can't, I can't do this. Do I even want to finish this book? <laughs> um, he does break, like he breaks down afterwards and like gets really emotional. And then like, it's like, that was too much. And we, we really didn't talk about <laughs> sexual boundaries in that capacity. And then she's like comforting him. And is like, no, like I was here for it. Um, they go back to his place. They shower again. He bandages all of her wounds from the cuts and scrapes. From the forest floor. Sure. Yeah. Um, Kayla gets home. She finds Fiona cleaning Michael's office. Oh, no. And she's like, didn't I ask you not to clean in here? And Fiona's like, did you? I don't remember. And Kayla's like, yeah, please leave this office alone. And she's like, okay, no big deal. So um, Fiona's like, hey, I spoke to my sister about the seance. She said, we need to do it at the next full moon, which is like three weeks from now. And Kayla's like, I don't think we need to do the seance. I think I'm going to try therapy instead. Good call. Right? Um, Fiona, how will a therapist help your ghost problem? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I just love Fiona's energy out here. Um, This whole conversation is still happening in Michael's office. And um, Kayla looks on Michael's desk and sees like a newspaper folded over. And it's an article that has like a picture of Michael that says local man drowns. And she's like, hasn't seen this newspaper article before, is like very upset about it. Um, But it's also like, I don't remember bringing this paper in. Like, did Fiona, like, Mm -hmm. how did this paper end up on my dead husband's desk about my dead husband? Um, She goes up to her bedroom and sees like a human body shaped like indent, like on like the side of the bed that like Michael always slept on. Like, that's been made this whole time. Right. Um, like, the the doorbell keeps ringing. No one is there. She's just, like, getting more and more frazzled. So she she calls Eddie for his therapist recommendation. Stoner handyman Eddie. She's like, hey, man, what you got for me? She's like, he sounds high as shit. Um, and he's like, yeah, my therapist's name is Dr. David Letterman. And she's like, like, the guy on TV and he's like, no, like my therapist. Like, <laughs> We're here for Eddie. We really are. Um, so, but she's like, I can tell Eddie's high. This conversation's not really going anywhere. Um, but he like tells her like, he's like, yeah, he's in this office building at this intersection. So when they hang up, um, she tries to go online. She cannot find Dr. David Letterman online. And so, so she's like, okay, you know what? Instead, I'm just going to go to the office building and see if I can, like, schedule an appointment there. So as she, like, pulls up to the office building and parks and is getting out of her car, there's a restaurant across the street, and when she turns around, she sees Aiden walking in with his armor around a curvy brunette. Uh Uh-oh. And she's like, oh, shit, and, like, hops in her car and, like, is like, I'm just going to leave. Never mind. Right? But is, like, sitting in her car kind of freaking out. There's a knock on her window. Aiden saw her and was like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, I was just out running errands. And he's like, why are you lying to me? Like, there's clearly, and mm-hmm. he's like, he's very unhappy that she's lying to him. Um, and then she's like, I saw you on a date. I didn't want to be weird. It's weird. I'm just going to go. And he's like, get out of the car. 
And she's like, okay. So she follows him into the restaurant. We then meet Deb. It was Jake's wife. Yes, that like they've all known each other since high school. Deb is super excited to meet her. Is like, I've heard so much about you. Oh my gosh. And then Kayla ends up joining them for dinner. And then she's like, Kayla's kind of sitting there pondering how she got here because life has escalated a lot that like her husband died. Now she's on this like fucking double date. Yeah, we took a sharp left. Yes, she like, just kind of sitting there like zoned out, spinning her wedding ring, (laughs) like having an existential crisis and clearly like misses a question that Deb asks. So she's like, what? Sorry. Yeah, huh? Sure. Whatever. And Deb's like, I need to go to the bathroom. Why don't you come with me? Do I think it's weird that girls always go to the bathroom together? Sure. It's never been my thing. I've never, either. I've never needed a companion to travel with me to the bathroom. <laughs> Not for those reasons. <laughs> like, well, I'm also like, how long is your girl talk going to fucking be? Right. I don't know. I, even our middle school bathroom, like the girls' bathroom had a couch in it. What? Not a nice couch. Maybe I'm misremembering this. I don't I don't know, but that seems like a lot. It was. It was <laughs> a lot. I I do remember feeling that. Um so she goes to to the bathroom with Deb. Deb's just like a sweet angel baby who we love. Um when they get back to the table, like Aiden and Jake like stop talking very quickly, like have clearly been in an argument. And then Jake confronts her about, like, don't, like, toy with my, my man here. He's my best friend. He's been through a lot of shit. He deserves everything in the world. So, like, what, are, what the fuck are you doing? Like, clearly, like, looking at her wedding ring. And she's like, sorry, I've been through, like, a really big life transition recently. I'm separated from my husband. Um, but still doesn't really, like, tell. Has not told anyone that her husband is dead. I'm not understanding that. Why are we not just saying that? Yeah, exactly. That's like a lot of conversation. You're like, it'd really clear a lot of shit up if you just like admitted this. Yeah. Um, but what she does also say at the table is like, all, she's like, I'm really struggling through this big life transition, but I will say, sorry, y'all. Here's what just happened. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all of the details of what just happened. I felt something crawl and hit my foot. It was my ring. It, yeah. It was, it was Hannah's ring. wedding ring. That's like a silicone ring that fell off her hand when she yeah. was playing with it. I'm going to grab it real fast. But it's like a darker, it's a really pretty ring. Thank you. Yes, I really like it. Um, it's like a purple and green iridescent. <laughs> but the way it was rolling and the way it felt on my foot, I thought like a cockroach was crawling on my foot and I was trying to keep my shit together. And then it fell on its side, and it was just Hannah's ring. <laughs> so sorry. I will say, my husband plays with his silicone wedding ring all the time. And, like, we were at a Mexican restaurant, and I just see it, like, like mid-conversation <laughs> where they're with his parents. I see it just, like, fly out of his hand, and I was like, well, that's gone. <laughs> like, I was like, we're not yeah. crawling around this Mexican restaurant it's for this It's fun room. to fiddle with. It is. It's just enjoyable. I'll try to not do that. Right now. No, when um when I'm working out a lot, I'll wear like my silicone ring and I feel like I'm always like playing with it. Yeah. I don't know anyone who has a silicone ring who doesn't play with it, but I will say I one thousand percent thought that shit was a cockroach <laughs> on my foot and was like, keep it together, Chelsea. You're fine. <laughs> Uh, okay, so she like admits that she's had this big life transition, she's separated from her husband, but then she also tells them she's like, Yeah, when I saw 
Um, when I saw Aiden have his arm around Deb, I like it really made me realize how much I care about him, how in this I am, and how much I like want to be in this. Mm. And Aiden's like, me too. And then they kiss. And then she looks over his shoulder and sees the dude from her backyard who'd been spying on her in, like, the front window of the restaurant watching her. Um, And then, like, she, like, has a moment. Aiden's like, is everything okay? And then when she looks back, the dude is once again gone. And she's like, yeah, sorry. I just, like, I thought I saw someone that I knew. Um, When they leave the restaurant, Aiden's like, you'll be punished for lying to me. I was like, can we not with the fucking spanking anymore? (laughs) There's so much spanking in this book. So much spanking. Hmm. I, I, I didn't need it. <laughs> um, he, like, they're talking, and he's like, call me when you have some clarity. Like, mm. I like you. You like me. You have a lot on your plate. Call me when you have some clarity. And she's like, when, what, like, what does that mean? What, what do you mean by that? And he's like, when you're ready to take off your wedding ring, like, that, ah. that'll be a, probably when. He's like, now kindly get out of my car. <laughs> like, it's kind of like the energy here. So the next day, she's like, decides she's going to drive back to Dr. Letterman's, uh, Dr. <laughs> David Letterman's office. Um, but then on her way past, she passes a psychic and is like, who needs a therapist when you can have a yeah. psychic? She's like, $10 reading, you son of a bitch I'm in. <laughs> so, um, when she knocks on the door, this like little old woman opens the door. Like, just, like, stands there and stares at her for a second, then closes it again. And she's like, the fuck? So she, like, knocks again. And then a much younger person, like, clearly the woman's daughter. And she's like, oh, yeah, come in for a reading, blah, blah, blah. And so um, she, they're like, okay, what do you want to ask the deck, like, for your tarot reading? And she's like, how do I move on? For, like, how, how, do, how to move on from my husband, essentially? Um. Several intriguing cards get pulled, if you will. The Mm -hmm. Ten of Swords, the Lover, and the Death card. And the psychic is being like, you've had a betrayal. Your current love life will cause you great pain. There are things you need to purge of your life from your old baggage because it's weighing you down. And, like, she's like, what? Like, I don't know what to do with all of this. And then she was like, do you want to pull an extra card to see kind of, like, what you should be, like, purging yourself from? And she pulls the Magician. and then the psychic is like, you need to let go of your illusions. She's like, <sighs> yeah, exactly. Deep sigh. I hope the $10 was worth it. She like tries to pay and leave. And the psychic is like, it's on the house. I'm praying for you. No. <laughs> right? Um, Kayla writes a letter to Dante. More rambling, confused about life. Tells him she's failing in love. Tells him about... Um, fiance, Fiona's seance, mm. not fiance. <laughs> Fiona's suggested seance. Dante responds and he's like, you're not controlling the storm and you're not lost in it. Like you are the storm. Like you are the one with the power. Hmm. Right? Who needs therapy when you have a prison pen pal? Not Kayla. Kayla needs a lot. Things, <laughs> none of which are to be called little bunny. Mm. Yeah. Um. So it's now two weeks later. She still hasn't seen Dante. The doorbell keeps ringing. No one is there. Every time she checks, like when she pulls it up on, like no one is there. 
Um, she hears laughter, and the little boy is back. Mm. And she's like, wait, is this the child I miscarried? Like, she's, like, really oh. trying to, like, connect all these dots here. Um, she is staring through the window, and the little boy's in the yard. He sees her. They make eye contact. He, like, screams at the top of his lungs. And so she, like, goes outside to try and talk to him. When she goes outside, he's not there. And then when she looks up, he's standing in her bedroom window looking down at her. Ooh. But she's like, we would have crossed paths in the house. Like, right. how did all this work? Um, so she's like, fuck this. Pours herself a very large wine. <coughs> the lights flicker. She goes to bed. <laughs> she's like. I don't even care anymore. Truly. Yeah. Like, she texts Aiden and she's like, I miss you. And he's like, I miss you too. And she's like, can I see you? He's like, are you still wearing your wedding ring? He's like, no. And he's like. Did you take it off right before you text me? <laughs> she's like, maybe. And then, and then she's like, can I come over master? I'm like, it's weird. Stop. It's weird. No one needs this shit. Um, so once again, she pours herself more wine, decides to go to bed. Um, Fiona comes over, looks at Kayla, and she's like, you are not doing great. <laughs> and... Asked Fiona, she's like, Fiona, what do you do when someone's giving you space you don't want? And she was like, you mean like they they closed the door, but you want it open? And she was like, yeah. And she's like, knock. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right? I, I like that. We like Fiona's I'm energy here. i here for here. Fiona. The doorbell rings again. There's no one there. Like, Fiona, like, goes to answer it. There's no one there. Um, the television turns on and, like, more light bulbs explode. And then Kayla's like... Yeah, so maybe let's just do that fucking seance. Like, <laughs> it's time. Let's do it. Um, Kayla responds to Dante's letter about her being the storm and is like, I feel like, she's like, your storm advice wasn't really helpful. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I need a life vest. Like, I need something to save me. Like, I'm not doing great. Um, so the full moon is now, like, the next day. Fiona and her sister Claire show up. Claire's just as great as Fiona. We're loving their energy here. And it's like the perfect creepy night. All of the rain in Seattle, the wind, all of that kind of shit. And Claire's like, I think we need to have the seance. Like the spirits are directing me to have this in Michael's office. Hmm. And so they go into Michael's office. Claire's like, you need to remove um, any jewelry, any phones, anything of that capacity. Um, You need to take off your wedding ring. And so she, like, takes it off and puts it in her pocket. She's like, not on your person. <laughs> like, <laughs> We want it out of the room. Yeah. So she, like, puts it on the desk, um, like, on, like, right on top of, like, the news article about oh. Michael. Um, the seance begins, and, like, the spirit is, like, responding, like, like, Claire's very much doing, like, knock yes for once, knock twice for no kind of questions. And is like, okay, did you know, um, did you know anyone in this room when you were alive? Like, are you the only spirit? Yes. Like, did you know anyone in this room when you were alive? Like, was it Fiona? Was it me? No, no. Was it Kayla? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then Fiona, or Claire's like, what, what do you want? Like, what are you needing? And then it starts writing through her, like, Claire. Uh, like a ghost possession situation? Yeah, like her hand starts shaking. And then on the paper, the word that's written is revenge. Ooh. And then, like, the wind gets crazy. All the candles go out. 
Kayla feels like a brush of something against her face and like loses her shit and screams and runs out of the room. Fiona and Claire follow. They find Kayla in the kitchen, cowering like in a ball. All of the cabinet doors are open again. Um, and they're like, do you want to continue? And she's like, no, I fucking don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to continue. Thank you for asking. Yes. Um, the doorbell rings and she's like, no one's going to be there. When they go and open the door, there's a life vest there. Ah. Yes. And so she was like, wait, I think I, I think I know who's haunting me. I think it's Dante. She's like, because I told Dante in that letter I needed a life vest. Suddenly, there's a life vest outside the door. And so Claire had initially been like, yeah, I have a few. To, like, it's a full moon. It's a busy night for, for mediums. And then she's like, I'm going to cancel my other appointments for tonight because <laughs> this just got juicy. <laughs> And so Kayla goes and gets all of Dante's letters. And so they like start looking through all of them. Um, and she like, Claire's like, have, did you ever end up calling the detective to see if he knows him? And she was like, I didn't. And they're like, you should call. So um, when she like, she finally decides she's going to call the detective to ask. Then Claire goes to get Kayla's laptop to also look up Dante. Um, when she comes back with the laptop, the 1937 D-type buffalo nickel is on top of it. And then suddenly, Kayla's wedding ring falls through the ceiling and, like, lands on the table. What? Oh, no. Yes. Um, I will also say, if you have any interest in reading this book, which you must be into bunnies or shit if you are going to read it, um, from here on out, it's pretty much, like, all spoiler. Like, it's not spoilers because it's the end of the book, but, like, it will ruin all of the secrets and surprises for you. So, like, it might be worth bowing out now. Um, or just, like, if you want to keep fast-forwarding until we get to the ratings. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to read this, so. <laughs> no. Tell me. No, you will not. I will not. If you do, I have more questions. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the wedding ring drops through the ceiling. The storm keeps getting worse. It's getting crazier. It's getting louder. And then Claire is like, you need to call the detective right now. Like, we don't have much time. And Kayla's like, what? Like, what time do you even for mean? what? Yes. So Kayla calls. She's like, can you connect me to, like, Detective Peters? And he's like, are you a friend? Or, like, like the front desk lady's like, are you a friend of his? And she's like, no, he helped me with, like, a, a case a few months ago. And the lady's like, well, I can't connect you. I'm afraid that's not possible. He's He passed away from sudden cardiac arrest. What? And... Kayla's like, the fuck? And, like, just, like, ends the phone call, doesn't know what to do. Um, Claire opens the laptop because she's like, well, let's look up who owned the house before you. And then, the like, is like, why is the deed under someone else's name? And Kayla's like, it shouldn't be. It should be under, like, Michael and Kayla Reese. But the house um, was bought by another couple in January of this year. And her husband, like, the accident was, like, New Year's Eve. Um, and then she, like, hears the little boy running around again. And she's like, how does he fit into all of this? Like, everything is just, like, building chaos in this moment, right? Is Kayla dead? Who can say? Well, can you please? Because I want to know well, what's I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there real fast. <laughs> so um, Claire says that she's going to call, like, the um, the police station back and is like, Hey, sorry, my friend just called um, uh, wanting to speak with this detective. 
Um, she was hoping to send him flowers to the funeral. Um, how long ago did he pass? We're so distraught by this news. They're like, oh, well, like, you missed the funeral. Like, he died six months ago. And Kayla's like, no, he couldn't have died six months ago. I spoke with him on my, on my dock two months ago about all of this. Um, and then Claire's like, you have to understand, dear, that there's very few people who can communicate with spirits. Mediums, true psychics, cats, people with schizophrenia, gifted children, and other ghosts, although they don't recognize each other as such. And then, as pieces have already clicked for you, Hannah, pieces start to click for Kayla. Mm-hmm. We're like, Fiona's shock at seeing her after the funeral. Oh. Um, and being like, oh, so, like, you're staying here. <laughs> and, like, none of the roofers ever calling her back when she was trying to get quotes and, like, how the security system would only show static and, like, was not actually showing her anything. So Kayla, like, starts freaking out, starts sobbing, and then goes to get Eddie's business card. She's like, no, like, Eddie, I, I spoke with him. And then when she picks it up, she, like, she realizes it's, like, old and dated and, like, looks like it was printed uh... a long time ago and calls the number. And they pick up and they're like, home front handyman, like, three generations strong. And she's like, I need to speak with Eddie. And they're like, is this a joke? She's like, no, I need to speak with Eddie. And he's like, my grandfather died in 1974. Uh-oh. <laughs> so Kayla starts, like, freaking out more and more. And then Fiona is like, calls her name and holds out Dante's envelope and is like, read the name. And Kayla reads it and is like, Dante Alighieri, so what? And, Kayla, and Fiona's like, no, see it, like really look at it. Then when she looks at it, the letters start rearranging themselves. And it says Aiden Leiwright, Leiwright, whatever the fuck his name is. And it's an anagram for Dante. Sure. Yeah. See, that's why there are so many fucking vowels. <laughs> no one needs that many vowels. Um, Kayla, like, starts losing her shit more, runs into Michael's office, unfolds the newspaper, and the, the full title of the article says, Local Man Drowns Wife. Oh, shit. She starts screaming. The windows shatter. Fiona and Claire, like, run into the office, and then she looks and, like, sees the little boy, like, cowering behind them. Um, and then Kayla, like, realizes, she's like, oh, that little boy lives here with his parents who bought this house in Mm, January. Right, right, right. Um, also realized, and she, like, it finally clicks. She finally remembers. She finally realizes Michael didn't die. Aiden did. Michael killed him and then killed her. Mm. So... Now we get a little more context. Yeah, it's all making sense now. Right. I mean, not really, but like maybe you got a system belief for like this entire fucking book. Yeah. Um, so we switched to Fiona's perspective, and Fiona's like, like Bennett is the little boy, his mom runs in, she's like, You should take him and get far away from this office. Kayla has suddenly disappeared from where she'd been standing. We then switched to Aiden's perspective. Like this is just like a monologue for Aiden. Like there's not, there's not action steps. We're just like, this is where a lot of the pieces connect. Okay. So we learn he is a convicted felon. He did indeed kill his father when he was a juvenile and was protecting his mother. He is very much in love with Kayla. Um, Kayla and Michael married very young before Michael's mental illness got really bad and he decompensated. Um, Michael mm. is indeed a mathematic genius who worked at the university. Um, 
but he also was diagnosed paranoid schizophrenia and narcissistic personality disorder. And what a double whammy. Well, and also because like like the whole like how they kind of describe it in the book is like. Yeah, when you combine a narcissist with a very paranoid person, you have someone who's not going to, like, be consistent in a treatment regimen. Right. Um, And so he keeps going off of his meds. Um, Michael and Kayla had separated after he kicked her in the stomach while she was pregnant. Oh, um, And caused her to miscarry because he thought aliens or some shit like that had impregnated her. Mm. And then he, like, continued to decompensate. Um, Then after their separation, he started following her. So the dude following her was her ex-husband and all of these, like, glimpses. Right. Um, And then, like, I guess the first time that there had been any, like, maybe awareness that Michael wasn't doing great was the day before their wedding. Some small things set him off, rattled him, and he, like, grabbed her arm and left a bruise. Ah, the thumbprint. Uh Uh-huh. So then we go back. We're now back to Kayla four months ago. Um, she had just separated from Michael. It's like holds a little funeral um, and buries like in the backyard a box that has like their marriage license, her wedding rings, and like their sonogram photo. Mm. Um, and then goes to Aiden's house and he's like, do you finally have the clarity you need? Like, and she's like, I do. And then um, they start making out. He throws her on his bed. She lands on a book. It's a book of poetry. It's The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking up that man's name. I'm so sorry, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, then, like, they're, like, discussing the book, discussing that their names are, are anagrams, and they have this, like, beautiful four months together. And then we get to the accident on New Year's Eve where Kayla and Aiden had decided they were going to take the boat out to watch the fireworks. When they get on the boat, Michael is there and has a gun pulled. Mm. Um, and Kayla, like, it, like, clicked. She's like, oh, shit, like, Michael's, like, he looks home. Like, I think he might be, like, living on the boat. Um, oh. Yeah, like, really not doing well at all. Um, Michael thinks Aiden is CIA and is, like, trying to steal his, like, math formulas. Kayla's trying to intercede and is, then Michael, like, thinks she's CIA, too. Um, Aiden's, like, trying to be the martyr and, like, get Kayla off the boat. Right. And just a very chaotic scene as a whole. Um, Michael ends up shooting Aiden. She, like, throws herself on Aiden's body. He ends up, like, pistol whipping her. She comes to as he's, like, tossing her overboard. And then she's, like, he reaches for it. And she's, like, oh, he's realized, like, something has clicked. Like, he's going to help me out of the water. And instead, he strangles her. So the the thumbprint on her neck. Yep. Got it. On her neck. Um, And then his buffalo nickel falls into the water, like, while he's Mm -hmm. drowning her. Um, And that, like, fireworks are happening. And he's laughing while she takes her last breath because he is not well. (laughs) So... That's one way to say it. Yes. Um, Kayla awakens, and it's like the present again, if you will. She's she's not alive. And she, like, sits up and, like, looks around the house and is like, yeah, this is, these aren't my decorations. This isn't my furniture. Like, it's my house, but it's not my house. Um, and we learn, like, 
the new owners had kept Fiona on. And so, like, when, like, Fiona turned off the alarm, they had given her, when she was like, how do you think? So then, like, when Fiona was like, you can't tell a ghost they're dead. Right, right, right. right. Like, all of these things. Um, And then the doorbell rings. And when she goes and opens the door, it's Aiden. Mm -hmm. And... It had been him writing her, like, trying to communicate and, like, get to her the entire time. And he's like, did you like the life vest? The life vest? And she's like, nice touch. <laughs> it's kind of, like, <laughs> tonally. And then she's like, but why were the letters from the state penitentiary? Like, what? And he's like, she was like, was that where you were? Is that a, a something about your past? And he's like, no, that's a hint for the future. That's where Michael is. And they're like, let's go haunt him. <laughs> what a romantic and then, and then we get to the epilogue, which is a forensic interview of Michael, who is like, honestly, thinking about Cluster B, um, I think it reads a little more like antisocial narcissist, like not just mm-hmm. narcissistic. A little I'm like, more of like a Cluster B situation. Yes. I'm like, it's not just narcissistic yeah. from like how, um, maybe that's just my perspective. Um, But, like, because Michael's, like, I shouldn't be locked up. People with genius IQ shouldn't be locked. Like, I'm a contributing member of society. I was having a psychotic episode. Like, I shouldn't be held accountable. And they're, like, well, if you're saying, like, you are mentally fit to stand trial, then that doesn't matter. (laughs) Right. You can't have both. Um, And so, like, while, like, and he's just, like, being a complete, Michael's being such a dick to the doctor, like, this entire time. And, um. Then the doctor is like, yeah, if you're deemed mentally competent to stand trial, like there will be evidence that's introduced um, of you having an affair with that woman who was like sobbing at the funeral, of you taking a life insurance policy out on your wife, like all Mm -hmm. of these different things. But while he's talking to him, suddenly Michael's fixated on the wall behind him (laughs) and then starts like freaking out and is like, it's them. And they're like, he is responding to internal stimuli. (laughs) And then he's like, stop saying that word. And the doctor's like, what are they saying? And Michael goes, boo. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how the entire fucking book ends. What? Yeah. So. What a journey. It was such a roller coaster because early on I was like, I'm here for the intrigue. I'm here for the suspense. I'm here for the sexy Scooby-Doo. Then we just went sexually weird for a very long time in a way that yeah. I could not get on board with. This is like the sixth sense meets um, a beautiful mind. Yes. Also, my husband <laughs> is sitting here like these are all of the words he wants to say. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. what this is. Uh, this is a sixth sense meets... A beautiful mind meets double de- double jeopardy. Is what it is, and some poltergeist and a little bit of Scooby Doo. Yeah. So, quick pivot during um, work this week, we were, had a team meeting, and there was a question asked that was like, "Okay, if you had to choose a male and female actress to play you in a movie, who would you choose? They don't have to look like you. It's just like." who you'd want to play you. And I chose Kristen Wiig. Nice. Um, But then I was like, I can't think of a male to, like, play me. And I I have some chronic laryngitis issues. And my coworker goes, Chelsea, I'm getting strong Matthew Lillard vibes for you. 
And she's like, I think he could do a lot with your laryngitis. Um, and I was like reading this book and already had the term sexy Scooby-Doo in my head. I was just thinking about when he was shaggy. <laughs> uh, like, uh, to be totally fair, though, like I love Matthew Lillard, though. He's he's very endearing. There he's are definitely yes. Well, and I was like, I'll go with Matthew Lillard because I can't think of anything else. And then when they circled back to me at the end of the meeting, they're like, "Have you thought of anyone?" And I was like, "I'll keep Matthew Lillard, but I'll also maybe throw in Owen Wilson." Mm, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Um. So maybe Matthew Lillard will star in the movie adaptation of Pen Pal. <laughs> That would be awesome. Well, because, like, all right, reading the premise of Pen Pal, I was so intrigued because the premise was really, like, she gets a letter from the state penitentiary that's, like, I'll wait forever. And she's, like, for what? For you. And then, like, there's a, it's, like, it's something to the effect of there's a knock on the door and it's her pen pal or, like, something like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm, like, okay, nowhere in here do we mention fucking ghosts. Like, I wasn't really expecting the paranormal side of it. So I was like, okay, I'm here for this. But it was such a journey. And I disliked so much of the journey. <laughs> I liked that it ended with them haunting right. the dude. Right. Um, I don't know. I feel so conflicted about this book. Well, I feel like our rating scale should be Nichols. I was going to go with Scooby Snacks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scooby Snacks is better. Like, depending on different parts of the book, I would give it varying levels of Scooby Snacks. Sure. Like, up until, like, 40%, I'd probably give it, like, four out of five Scooby Snacks. Mm. Eight out of ten. Yeah. I can math. Um, I can't. I'm so shit at math. Um, as we all know, everyone here has heard me try and math so many things at this point. Um, but then I feel like I like go like 1.5 or two Scooby snacks out of five. Eh, that might still be generous. Mm. Two out of 10 Scooby snacks. <laughs> that feels too low. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Do you like just hearing my internal process? Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, Break it down for me. Well, then me. I'm like, okay, like, I feel like when it got weird and there was the weird sex in the forest, it, I was like, that we, we're down to like, yeah, two, one Scooby snack. No matter which way you slice it, you only get one. Right. But then, like, how it ended and wrapped up, it kind of redeemed itself for me in some ways. Right. Fuck, man. So what I'm gathering is that we're looking at like a three out of five. I was literally, I was like 2.5 out of five. So five out of 10. Yeah. I feel like a 50% is a really solid. Okay. It has its moments. It has its ebbs and flows, but I think that's where we average out to. So five out of 10 Scooby Snacks is my, the, is the highest I can go. That's my final offer. I will accept I know you aren't going to read it. Would you rate it a different number of Scooby Snacks? No. I mean, I like the idea of the story. It's pretty cool and unique. That's not... I hadn't read something like yeah, it before. Yeah. It's unique, so I feel like that bumps it a little. And also, if you can't get through the sex scenes without going, Ugh, or like a full body, like, 
cringe, then that's going to bring it down. So I feel like 50% makes sense. Sucking my clit. Stop. Like milking a nipple. Stop it. I just did have a full body cringe. I didn't like that. I don't like that. No, there's nothing arousing about it. No. There's nothing arousing about it's Snoopy just Snacks It's a stupid either. thing to say. I just don't. Okay. No, the word nibble can get can get the fuck out. <laughs> mm. I'm not here for it. Okay, five Scooby Snacks, final offer. Let us know what you guys would rate it. Let yeah. us know what you think. This one I feel like is a really... It could be very polarizing, I feel. Uh, that, yes, that's literally what I was about to say. I was like, I feel like I can see it going either way. Not for me. Um, <laughs> For some people, I could see it going either way. I agree. I think it'll be really polarizing. Because I will say, I feel like when I first pulled it up on Goodreads, there were a lot of, like, five-star reviews. And then I feel like the last time I pulled it up on Goodreads, the first review I saw was, like, one star. And I was right. like, I get it. Because I hadn't <laughs> finished it. And now I'm, like, a little bit further. So I'm, like, 2.5. Like, on Goodreads, since you have to round down, like, you can't do, like, half, like— I would give it two, not three on gotcha. Goodreads. Yeah. I feel like there are some books that'll do a half rating and all like round up. I think this one I would I would round down. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So thanks for going on that all the way around that journey. Yeah, all the way. Ooh, fucking hell. Um I think we all need a palate cleanser after that journey. Yeah, I'm gonna uh probably need some more rum for to if I'm going to be able to continue. Remember when I told you I needed alcohol for that one? I do remember. And do you get you you get it? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope that all of you are responsibly enjoying whatever you choose to partake in to relax. Thank you guys for joining us. We love you. We miss you. Let us know your thoughts. We can't wait to hear them. Have a good day. Bye, smut sluts. Well, that's it for this week's Mutt Sluts. We hope it was good for you, because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing, it would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.